0: The following is a reading from the book Teaching Van Books by Pat R. Scales, and the excerpt that I am reading is adapted from an article first published in Book Links, September 1995. Studying the First Amendment This is America, yet according to statistics gathered by the ALA Office for Intellectual Freedom and the National Coalition Against Censorship, Book challenges are at an epidemic level in school and public libraries across the United States. What is amiss in this land of the free? Is this censorship war about fear, control, power? Is it a fight between the schooled and the unschooled? The sighted and the blind? The thinkers and the non-thinkers? How does this battle affect the education of our children? What kind of message are we sending to them regarding their constitutional rights? When I was in library school, there was a course called Censorship. This course surveyed such books as Portnoy's Complaint, Of Mice and Men, and The Catcher in the Rye. This was in the days before Judy Bloom, Robert Cormier, Stephen King, R.L. Stein, Nancy Garden, Katherine Patterson, J.K. Rawling, and Alvin Swartz. It was in the days when public libraries had more challenges than school libraries. It was five years before Stephen Pico and his fellow high school students took the Island Trees school board to court for removing books from the school library. Most library school students took the censorship course for personal enjoyment. They never realized that fighting censorship could become a very real part of their job. Today, the battle is raging, and public librarians and school library media specialists are stumbling in their fight to win the war. The enemy is organized groups of people from the right and the left who are determined to gain power over what students read, learn, and view. In some cities, library boards are under pressure to place ratings on books and install internet filters. In other places, students' names are tagged at parental request for restricted use of certain library material and data services. Frightened librarians are limiting young students to the Easy Books section, and they are requiring older students to bring written parental permission to read such books as Judy Bloom's Forever, Katherine Pearson's Bridge to Terabithia, Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn, Harper Lee's T- To Kill a Mockingbird, Alice Walker's The Color Purple, J.K. Rawlings' Harry Potter books, and Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Some libraries are limiting children and young adults to pre-selected internet sites. Professionals are self-centering in the selection process, making every effort to make safe choices. These practices, however, aren't eliminating the problem. They are only amplifying the issue. The problem is obvious. censors want to control the minds of the young. They are fearful of the educational system because students who read learn to think thinkers learn to see. Those who see often question, and young people who question threaten the blind and the non-thinkers. The answer is the classroom. As educators, we cannot, for the sake of the students, allow ourselves to be bullied into diluting the curriculum into superficial facts. We must talk about the principles of intellectual freedom. We must challenge students to think about the intent of our forefathers when they wrote the Bill of Rights. We must teach students about their First Amendment rights rather than restrict their use of particular books and materials. As educators, we must encourage students to express their own opinions while respecting the views of others. By eighth grade, most students can define the Bill of Rights. They can, in a poetic fashion, render and memorize definition of the First Amendment. But, do they really know how it affects their lives? Experience tells me that they don't. Teachers through interdisciplinary units of study can lead students toward understanding the implications of the First Amendment for all Americans. As librarians and library media specialists, we must realize that our task is much broader than raising public consciousness for First Amendment rights through Ban Books Week exhibits. Our professional role extends beyond removing all restrictions and barriers from the library collection. We must do these things. But, we must also accept responsibility for creating a vital connection between the social studies and English curricula by preparing lessons on the First Amendment. We can go into the classroom and engage students in activities and discussion that will enable them to think about their personal rights and responsibilities provided by the Constitution. The appropriate time to make this connection is when students are already engaged in the study of the Constitution. Ask students to read and react to a contemporary young adult novel such as Richard Peck's The Last Safe Place on Earth, Julian Thompson's The Trials of Molly Sheldon, or Stephanie Tolan's Save Halloween, that deals with censorship issues. Invite them to apply the situation in the novel to real life. Encourage them to debate the conflict presented in each novel. Ask them to read short stories in Places I Never Meant to Be, edited by Judy Bloom. Then, have them discuss how censorship has affected the writing careers of writers like David Glass, Norma Klein, Julius Lester, Chris Lynch, Harry Mazur, Norma Fox Mazur, Walter Dean Myers, Catherine Patterson, Susan Beth Pfeiffer, Rachel Vail, Jacqueline Woodson, and Paul Zindel. Allow students time to research various First Amendment issues, whether it be book censorship, internet filtering, or school journalism. Provide a forum in which students can express their views regarding the subject of intellectual freedom. And help them understand their personal options regarding the use of books and materials that might offend them. Above all, grant them the opportunity to think, to speak, to be heard, Classrooms and schools that foster this type of open atmosphere are sending a clear message. The First Amendment is important in school as well as in society at large. Thinkers, regardless of their views, make an important contribution to the American way of life. And thinkers are less likely to become censors.